0: Hello everyone, Tony here, hope you're well. Welcome to Football Manager Therapy. Before we get started on today's episode, I do have to say that we do talk about some subjects and issues that some of our viewers and listeners may find a little bit distressing and upsetting. Because of that, in the show description, we have a trigger warning, we also have some timestamps which will identify the subjects we talk about and when they appear on the podcast. If you have been affected by any of the issues we talk about in the podcast, please feel free to reach out to the professional organisations we've also linked in the description. The reason we've left these stories in is because it is part of Summer's story. As always, we welcome any feedback on how we've approached this and any comments that you might have. We hope you enjoy the episode. We hope you've had a fantastic Pride Month. We hope you get to know Summer a little bit better. Take care and enjoy this episode of Football manager therapy hello everyone welcome along to another episode of football manager therapy i am of course your host tony jameson and joining me as always on the hottest day of the year it's the one and only rich owens rich how are you buddy
1: Oh, hello mate. I am unpleasantly warm is what I am. Just 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 I'm not not even hot. Just unpleasantly warm. I I hate the sun with a vengeance. Um I am a passionate winter. That's what I am. So this 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 whole thing can just get in the bin. i absolutely fuming with it preach preach
0: preach Mm -hmm. anything above six degrees it's far too warm (laughs) for me like i just i can't be doing it everyone's sad going oh this is lovely isn't it no this is terrible if everything melts that's not good right Mm -hmm. here i am and to be fair i'm not entirely sure i'm gonna make it through this this podcast without (laughs) sort of having hair wax dripping through my eyes or whatever <laughs> so um so apologies in advance to anybody who's watching on youtube by the way this is going to be a deterioration uh, and then some but uh, but anyway enough of all that enough of all that we uh, we do of course have another wonderful guest obviously following on from last week's episode with uh, the united city fm some fantastic feedback everyone seemed to love that we have gone above and beyond with a brand new guest everybody welcome Stacey Summers
2: hello how was everybody thanks so much for inviting me on guys I'm absolutely delighted to be asked delighted to be here
0: Hey, it's an absolute pleasure to have you. We've been we've been there. We said before we started recording that we've been keeping our eye on you for a while. We obviously wanted to get you on the show. <laughs> and um and we just thought, you know what? Now is the perfect time. Not because it's the hottest uh, day of the year. Obviously so that would have made sense as well. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Yeah, well, you know, look, except, well, you know what? It's just got hotter again. Right? So oh. we've turned ourselves up to eleven. Um it's ridiculously hot.
2: It's ridiculously uh, hot in Ireland as well. It's like but like I was saying, we don't get sun, we just get the heat. We just get the haze and the heat so it's Mm -hmm. it's not pleasant
0: (laughs) yeah how how's how how's the how's the weather just warm yeah just really like everything feels like you've you've just opened a car door that's sort of just seems to be the the level of heat right this
2: way i've got two french bulldogs you would have seen them on my stream they're both spent their day in the kitchen on the tiles doing starfish
1: kind of because they were exactly exactly where i would have spent my day if i'd had the option (laughs) yeah. <laughs> just just lying face- in the kitchen on the tiles yeah yeah face down oh, on a kitchen wow. floor no no kitchen floor in particular just anybody who'll have <laughs> me just yeah. starfished yeah just
2: you yeah. have to in, it, try feel cool down they're so hot uh
0: yeah rich has done that in a in a kitchen showroom as well to be honest, <laughs> which is and that's why embarrassing for did. some but also yeah. uh you know also Someone an artistic installation for hand. some people
1: yeah <laughs> i can't go back to several ikeas um <laughs> It's fine though it's fine the, i don't need to go back i yeah, don't need to go back it's okay
0: mm-hmm. yeah do it in your own kitchen It'll That be- if, if you take anything from this podcast just remember do it
1: in your own kitchen yeah, right, you know what judges and juries have tried to make me do it so if i'm not gonna <laughs> listen to them i'm not gonna listen to you two <laughs>
0: I mean, that seems fair. That seems fair, to be honest. Um, you know, just as, again, there's a little uh, memorandum, uh, we are not legal professionals, just in case anyone's interested. So whatever we say does not uh, does not tend to stick in a court of law. Um, but anyway, moving on. <laughs> we tend to get a little bit sidetracked at the start. But yeah, like I say, Stacey, it's absolute pleasure to have yeah. you uh, on the podcast. We are, of course, going to mention that we are at the end of, of pride month yeah um and and you know of course that we are uh massive massive uh advocates of, of, of representation throughout the community and uh of course we wanted to get you in to talk uh about your story uh, yeah. in particular and um and sort of find out how you found the community uh with fm what we can do better um so i suppose all of this, we'll, what we'll do is we'll start talking first of all um about your tra- transition yeah uh and and sort of let you let you run basically okay. and, and you can yeah uh, lead, okay. the, lead the so, story
2: like coming back to the community um i i'll go back to my transition and i do it in order but coming into the football manager community on twitch was something i had to think about um i'm a trans woman i'm openly proudly trans um i don't go around shouting from the rooftops that i'm transgender but i will openly talk about it or openly represent and i've no problem doing that i like doing that but when it came to going on to a social media platform and playing video games and putting yourself out there it was something that i had to say right you know you're going to get bad stuff you know there's going to be stuff's going to be said it's Part of being trans, it's part. It, it happens. There's no avoiding it. No matter who you are, you're going to have some experiences. So if you put yourself out there onto a platform where you're openly encouraging people to come to you, you're going to get the bad people as long as well as the good people. I would have had a lot of early streams where I don't think Twitch does enough. If I'm if I'm that on if I'm honest. Mm-hmm. Um, in my early couple of streams, I would have had a lot of hassle, a lot of people coming into my stream just to say, what's wrong with you? Why are you pretending to be a woman? All of this stuff, What? What's? Are, are you sick? Are you mental? And, like, for someone like me of my experience and my, I've been around the block, I can brush that stuff off. I can take that stuff and I can defend myself and I end up most of the time making those people look sillier. I can turn it I'm capable I'm okay mm. but I have to kind of say if that was someone if that was me 20 years ago oh, I mightn't have been able to handle that like that I mightn't have been able to take it that way and putting yourself out on something like Twitch is, it it can be a bad experience for someone like myself I made complaints mm. to twitch in my early days of the transphobic abuse I was getting I'm still waiting for a response like I'm on Twitch five months I think mm-hmm. I made multiple complaints about certain people deaf ears guys fell on deaf ears I had people in my chat that were supporting me and were very uncomfortable what was going on and they went and made complaints I've asked them since any 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 response Nope. So I don't think Twitch does enough, if I'm honest. I actually sat and posted a video. It's long gone because your videos stay on Twitch for a period of time. Mm-hmm. But I sat on Twitch going, Twitch, I'm calling you out. I've sent you complaints. I've sent you clips of what's been said to me. You need to respond to me. I'm calling you out. I want a response. Mm-hmm. I got no response. So Twitch and a lot of social media platforms, not just Twitch, have a lot more to do. They have a long way to go, and there is a lot more they can do and should be doing, and they know that, and there's other reasons why they're not doing the commercial mostly. Um, so, yeah, there is parts of it I think need a lot of work, but then there's the flip side. It could have been very easy for me to say at that point, I'm not, I'm not doing this. I can play football manager offline. I'm after finding a game that I love. I don't necessarily need to do it on Twitch to enjoy the game still, so, do I need to do it? And I did in the early days think about just saying, oh, this. You know, it's not worth it. The reason I stuck at it is because I signed Rykeen for Bexham. No, it's because
1: I had, <laughs> <laughs> because
2: I had people coming into my chat. Like, say, for example, Big Man on campus would have been a perfect example of it he Mm -hmm. was in my chat early there was other people that were like oh hey state is great i was getting private messages telling me how amazing it is to see someone and it's brilliant and what can i do to help you and i was Mm -hmm. like what can you do to help me what do you mean have you got your setup done is your is your have you got extensions i didn't even know what extensions were people from the community the football manager community did that for me Mm -hmm. they didn't know me complete stranger to them they started subscribing to my channel and i was like what the fuck are you doing? I was like, how do I give this money back? What are you doing? And then I felt a bit like, well, these people are actually, these are amazing. I've never met these people. I almost felt obliged to come back to them. So Mm -hmm. it wasn't the game. It wasn't Twitch. It was people like you, Tony, people like Rich, people like Chuck, people like, say, Ali, people, Mm -hmm. there's a lot of them, Limo, that they all made me feel... Like, I'd been in this community since the first football manager game. Mm-hmm. It wasn't you're a newcomer or you're this or you're that. It was, oh, come on in. Let me tell. I was overwhelmed by it. So, the mm-hmm. community itself, I cannot speak highly enough of. And I'm still here because of the community. Twitch, I think. And other social media just in general has a long long way to go and why we're still sitting having conversations about people giving IDs about people having to prove who they are before they can do any of this stuff beggars belief to me mm-hmm. I, I that's astonishing that we're not at that stage that should be you know it's too easy for anyone now to sit behind the cam and say what they like words have serious repercussions a lot of the time and like I said not for me i'm a bit older and than wiser thankfully when i went on to twitch but like we all know that the cyber cyberbullying bullying stories how far they've gone we've all heard we all know it's fact and it's real so why it's still so easy for people to do this is just i struggle to get my head around that if i'm honest the racism you see on instagram people like coming into my chat and just totally abusing me and they don't know who i am they've never met me i've seen um Ali recently posted about he had people in his chat racially abusing them, total strangers. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, why is this still allowed to be happen on a platform like Twitch? It's easy to stop it. These people won't say these things if they're going to be held accountable. Mm-hmm. And we can hold them accountable by putting systems in place. We need to do it. So I don't think it will ever stop or change until we are punishing people, holding people accountable for what they do and say on, online, basically. Online is no different to real life. Treat people and talk to people the way you would to them in the street. That's the way I see it. It's no different. Just because there's a camera or there's thousands of miles between, is doesn't mean your respect goes out the window or common sense goes out the window. And it's kind of like, wow, what's wrong with some of these people? It's, it's incredible.
0: I completely agree, and like we we had Mister Diz on the uh, the podcast a few weeks ago, and he was saying exactly the same thing. We're looking at, uh, you know, people like about having verified email addresses for things like um, Twitter or, or Facebook or, or, yeah. or Twitch. I mean, like without wanting to make light of anything like you, you you're you like ourselves that like you're old enough to know that blockbuster video you needed three forms of id to <laughs> rent a video like <laughs> yeah you can log on you can create an email address in seconds jump online and just spread hate yeah like unfiltered and yeah. to to some people presumably they're thinking untraceable obviously it's not untraceable of course it's not but hmm. there should be mechanisms in place and again desert had, had mentioned about you know when we see stuff we're very open when we see stuff we call it out we mentioned the stuff uh with ali last week of course we yeah. started the podcast as well and we yeah, said Look, thought, you know, uh, we're yeah. not we're not we're not standing for this this is mm-hmm. we can add our voice to that conversation and of course we're going to do so as well but i think desert said something along the lines of it's not it's not just about banning people in the chat but it's then the people who are in the chat as well the viewers reporting these individuals to twitch yeah. as well but so as you're seeing there that, that twitch are then sitting and not doing anything about it that goes back on them you've got a social responsibility yeah to make sure your users feel safe and do not feel vulnerable or victimized exactly. they, they haven't
2: yeah. they have an onus to protect the people there could be young there could i don't know there could be a, a young 16 year old person that's trans streaming on twitch that would get the abuse i got and they could go off and really take that to heart and they could really start thinking and before you know it, something terrible has happened Mm. Trying to act then like what does it take you know we've been in this situation before we've seen this before Didn't mm. it, i just think all of these companies need to step up here they really really do because like hate speeches when people see it on the internet it's a kind of a case of monkey see monkey do other people do it other people think it's all right Freedom of speech does not okay you to say whatever you like. No you freedom of speech to express yourself, but if you express yourself in a certain way, you need to own that then. There's consequence. You can say it. Mm. You gotta back it up then, or you gotta like say, yeah, you know, there's a lot of things like that that I'm just like, people have the wrong idea of that and that's not what freedom of speech is.
1: No, exactly. I think I think you've you've hit the key word there. Um it's it's consequence. I think there's there's a big misinterpretation mis- say misinterpretation of freedom That's of speech because fr- free, freedom of speech doesn't automatically mean freedom of consequence you know? yeah, exactly. if, if you have horrific opinions and you choose to share those with people in what whatever platform it may be be it in person be it online via social media be it in somebody's twitch chat if you genuinely feel that way then those are your thoughts and those are your opinions and we don't i, I personally don't agree with them most yeah. people watching this list won't agree with them but that's what you choose to think that that that's you you do you it's horrible but whatever it may be however yeah. you can't then say those things and then expect there to be no repercussion from the things yeah. that you've said exactly. just because just because that is what you think and Got to be honest with you, pal, 99 times out of 100, you are going to be incredibly wrong or at the absolute bare minimum misinformed. Mm. Like, you, you can't yeah. then get angry when people disagree with those hateful, yeah, hateful opinions yeah. that you have. That's just because you want to say it doesn't mean that everybody around you has to agree with, yeah, the things that you're saying. And, and that's you know, most you can... of the time, Mitch, you, you, you know yourself if you actually
2: challenge these people on some of the things that they're spouting or they're saying this that and you. if you challenge these people on it, a lot of them it's just recycled
1: mm.
2: they can't even back it up they, they, they don't even know how, like half of the people that i would have challenged on the center right well tell me why i shouldn't exist <laughs> tell me why why mm. and i'd get stupid arguments like oh well the best one that you get against trans was always the xy chromosome and people would stick behind there's only an X and there's only a Y chromosome. And it's like, but that's not true. But like science proved twenty years ago that there's a hell of a lot more than an XY chromosome. There's loads of different variations. It's not true. We've gone past that. So science has proved that that's not true. So tell me why. Uh, well the XY chromosome and this was oh, here. There's no point in talking to you. You're just being ignorant. You're mm-hmm. refusing what's true hmm. or you're refusing to learn or to educate yourself you're just being ignorant and you find that with a lot of that's the mentality of a lot of these people
0: because hmm. I think that's the thing isn't it like you can you can you can come to the table ignorant hmm. but you need to be willing to then learn yes. and 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 all and go right okay look okay got it i'm wrong my mistake sorry about that like tell me more, inform me, rather than going, no, 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 that's my view and I'm leaving. Hey, mm. No, 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 no. Mm. Come, if you're going to come to the table and be wrong, at least then be open to to being said, look, right, sorry, my mistake. I, inform me, please.
2: That's it's so to, to do it the other way. Mm. Well, that's my point of view, and I'm not listening to any other thing. I'm not going to mm. listen to the million scientific reasons to why I'm wrong. Mm. I've given you my view and end of That's like when you're five years old on this playground and you go... I'm saying something, then you stick your
1: hands in your ears and nah, 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 nah. Mm-hmm. yeah <laughs> exactly exactly it's 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 limmy looking in a camera saying don't back down double down don't back <laughs> yeah. down double down that's it that's exactly what it is. I think if I think just conversations about anything like you know gender sexuality whatever it may be there are so many people with so many different opinions out there I think it's 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 just ignorant of you at any point of in any way shape or form to have your opinions and just think well these yeah. are right
2: yeah. I I, I
1: I am correct and everybody else around me is wrong. If if you're going to have those opinions, you're going to find yourself in a situation, especially if you're choosing to share them with strangers online. You're going to put yourself in a situation where that's going to spark discussion. That's going to Absolutely, spark debate. Yeah. And mm. the, be- the beauty of stuff like that is that you learn so you, you are put in a position where you can learn so much. And you can, you know, viewpoints change. Oh
2: yeah, if you cover real.
1: Exactly, exactly. And if you're ignorant, or if you are too ignorant to realize that, and you just want to put yourself out there on a platform and say, "This is what I believe," I'm correct. Everyone else is talking. Then it's it's just a complete waste of yours and everybody else's time, and you're not adding anything to that discussion. And it's happened to me
2: on my stream, like where I've been probably a bit foolish and naive with certain people that they've come in and they've started off with what's between their legs and i'm like really <laughs> i'd never go into anyone's stream no matter if they were trans or not and ask them what's between their legs like that's just plain rude on any level and you try to talk to these people and explain to them why and i've probably fallen into it a couple of times where they don't want to they don't want to be educated they don't want an explanation they don't want to be told why their point of view is wrong they just want to abuse you (laughs) so educating them or trying to educate some of these people is i stopped doing it and if i see stuff in my twitch now it's like i i've learned where the block button is and i just ban it straight away and i don't entertain and i don't get into it and it's just it's like you said tony so it's not fair to other people in the chat either it's not just me your chat is there, and everyone's supposed to be welcome and comfortable. Or if there's abuse being lashed at the person that's streaming constantly, nobody's going to be sitting there enjoying themselves, are they?
0: I think that that that's a really interesting point, though, isn't it? Like the, whoever comes in to spread the hate, I, I, this is how I think it, it it must be in my head. They obviously come in, presuming that everyone else is going to think the same as them and go, right, I'm going to say this, someone's going to back me up, and they drop it, and it just and it gets nothing like other than like everyone else going no 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 no, no. That's that not that's weird. not what we do around here yeah. right okay so so is, so your chat then as you say are have to make a choice they either sort of like go, oh this is this is not really for us or or you get and thankfully you've got some great people in your chat as, as you've mentioned before like, you know we've got the people as well the same who instantly go that's bullshit right yeah. no 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 you yeah. don't come in our house and talk like that. That, that that this is not how it works and they stand up and they call it out, and yeah. and and in that moment, then have you, how have you found the actual football manager community as a whole? I mean, you mentioned certain individuals who've obviously looked out for you from from day one and have been really warm to you. Like, have you sort of found that people have from the community have approached you to to, to maybe educate themselves a little bit more, or have you um, tried to get opportunities and maybe not had uh, things responded? Uh, positively no, or, or well, just ignored? But, Has it been a mixture or, or, or how how's the experience been?
2: Well, in the early days, in my first couple of weeks on Twitch, I was approached by, I, like I was saying, I'm a Man United fan and yeah. I would have been a, a real Man United fan. I, Like I said, I would check Liverpool's results before Man United results to make sure that Liverpool lost and then I would check Man United results. <laughs> That's the way I was brought up. So that was, I hate Liverpool. I don't look at Liverpool like Mr. Diz does and said, they're just a likeable bunch, aren't they? I look at them and say, God, I hope Mo Salah gets injured. God, I hope he gets injured. Inter- <laughs> Mo Salah's probably the nicest man in the world, but I hope you pull your Achilles or something. I do. I do. I'm sorry, Mo. You're playing Man United in a couple of weeks. We can't handle you. I, mm. I don't like Liverpool. I, I hope they, it all goes wrong. I don't like Klopp. I don't think Klopp is very likeable. No, I hate my I can't stand the sight of him. Why? Because he's very successful at Liverpool. That's the only reason. I bet you he's the nicest man in the world, but I don't care. Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm brought up that way. They're Liverpool. We're Man United. I don't like them. Simple. <laughs> <laughs> and it is that black and white.
0: what what are are we talking about tolerance and uh, (laughs) we'll move move on (laughs) but yeah no it was so we're saying there about about opportunities then so have you have you had yeah um
2: because i would sit on my stream and i would talk man united and i would talk football people started to actually go jesus she knows what she's talking about she actually does know football she she does know what she's talking about she does know tactics and she can talk football So I had this guy in my room that was another Man U fan and that ran a chat show on Twitch. So I'd say I was only streaming two weeks and he approached me would I come on to his podcast and talk football. And I was like, okay, I might do it. Yeah, why not? It was a bit, I'm very new to this. I'm only kind of learning. But if it comes to talking about Man United, I can talk all night. So grand, I'll I do it, yeah. And I'll come across, I I think I'll give fairly good points and opinions about Man United. Be educated, I'm a fan, I watch them. I go to see them. So I was like kind of, okay, I can do that. I think I'd enjoy that, you know, given my view on Man United. So I went and I said, I'll check out his show. I'll check out his stream, you know, see what type of stuff it is or whatever. And lo and behold, there was four people on it talking about me so i was like what's going on here they were talking about the trans girl coming on to the show next week and she actually does know football believe it or not and then one of the reactions was trans what you mean oh my god and he put his hands over his eyes and i'm sitting there watching this like and they didn't know i was watching so i was like oh they're talking about me so i'm, go- I'm gonna let this play out I'm gonna watch a bit of this, so it developed and it went further until there was things like, "God, I hope she doesn't get it out." I wonder what she has between her legs. So she still, oh, and that's the way the conversation on a football podcast on Twitch went about me, the person that did ask to go on the show. So I was just gobsmacked, looking at going, "Wow, this is the mentality of people. This is what you're dealing with." i didn't get upset about it i just went straight and i blocked the guy i didn't explain that and i didn't say i'm not going on your show or whatever i just blocked everything but of course he went and set up new accounts and stuff to contact me and ask me what's going on and all i ever responded to was i watched your show on whatever such a day and it went quiet then Mm. that's what you're dealing with like that was very disappointing i was delighted to be asked the same way i was here i was like Wow, they're asking me. They want to actually talk to me and listen to what I have to say. I'm delighted. And then when I checked out and saw that, it was just so deflated. So like, that's what they really think. That's what they really think.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: You know, so that was tough. That was tough. But like, I moved on from it. Just let mm-hmm. it go. But.
1: But what a what a again.
2: If you're to put yourself out there. You're, you're going to get this eventually. You're going to have to mm-hmm. deal with it. You're going to have to be strong.
1: And again, it's 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 just like you like we were discussing earlier. You know, it, you're an older member of the community. Had mm. that been somebody younger, more naive, put in that situation, that's the fear. That's the exactly. Fear. Exactly. Some, somebody who's you know yeah. new to the platform, a younger trans person, for example, yeah. is put in that position and would appear on that show with no. You know, they may not have taken time to. They might be able to deal with that. Just exactly. Like, you know, deal with that. Exactly. You know, you're cyberbullying. Mm. Exactly. We've we've all been, you know, given opportunities. I know, you know, myself and Tony probably through things like comedy where you you get offered something. And especially if you're newer to the industry, newer to the game, you like, yeah, that sounds great. And sometimes the excitement of being offered the opportunity to do something outweighs the the sensible kind of thought process. Okay, well, if I'm going to do this, I should maybe I'll I'll check out that show. I'll speak to some people that have been involved before. And then you could just turn up and it it could you, you could have an absolutely horrific experience because of it so again it's yeah, just, I imagine what could have happened it, if i had went on of
2: course yeah, yeah. Because you can see the mentality of the people they, they probably would have asked me those questions it's, yeah. uh, and, and, and like as rich says though it's like it's
0: it's a testament to yourself that that you're worldly aware enough to do a bit of due diligence and have a look at the situation you're going to get yourself into. But as you say, a younger person maybe wouldn't even think to do that. They just, as yeah. you say, just take the opportunity and go, all right, cool. Yeah. That's brilliant. Let me get me on. And then completely unaware of what's being said. And maybe they act differently when you're around and that's even worse because then they're, they're, they're presenting a different side of themselves
2: yeah,
0: because they, they think that you, they've, you've not seen that, which is horrific. And, and we, we always say, we always say, you know, like, i've had more in my stream again we've, we've spoken off camera like i've said a lot of stuff a lot of stuff particularly very openly recently about And we'll get onto it talking about things like the world cup in Qatar, yeah. the newcastle takeover and i've said stuff that i can't take back right <laughs> but you know what i stand by everything i've said about it absolutely everything i've said about it and i've fallen out with friends of mine for many many years over my views of The Newcastle takeover in particular, because of the fact that I have friends who are from that area who are openly gay and will not feel welcome at their own football. Oh my god, how can can a gay man
2: support Newcastle now and feel accepted or welcomed as a fan? Or how it's that's impossible, no, exactly.
0: And like, and we. Like I've had to have those, those conversations, and they're all going, "Oh, but if it happened to your club, and they got like loads of money, I'm like, mate, I left my club because I didn't like the manager. Like, I'm not, <laughs> I'm not just hanging about because my owners are murderers and homophobes. Like, oh, come on, mate. Like, oh, mm-hmm. oh, great, now you get an extra left back.
2: Like, it's not, is it? Is it worth it? Yeah. Is it
1: worth
0: it?
2: Yeah, mm-hmm. I was very proud of Man United. Say three, four years ago, maybe they were the first Premiership club to openly come out and say we support the LGBT community, and they had their rent. And I thought, oh, Man United. man united well done i was delighted but i am like i would totally agree with you on the whole newcastle thing i i i'm disgusted that that went through i'm looking at that in the premier league and with man city are the same and i think i've spoke to you recently about this with the glaziers and man united i'm one of these people that does not sit there going Glazers out now I understand the whole Glazer situation more than most Man United fans. Again, because a lot of the Man United fans, it is just recycled. They don't even know why they want the Glazers out. Half of them, they just—it's—they think that's a song now. that chart? Glazers out. They just want to sing the song and they go along with what everyone. They follow the crowd, and that's what a lot of people do. They follow the crowd. If Man United sold out and the Glazers decide to sell up and move on, the likelihood is it's going to be. <laughs> It's going to be one of these rich Arab countries that comes in and takes over Man United. They're the the prime club for it. Mm. They've been in talks with Saudi government before, with the Glazers. It nearly happened before. The day that happens is the day that I will hang up my Man United jersey and say, I'm not going. I'm, I'm not welcoming that club anymore. That club has just gone against everything that I am. They've gone against me existing. Me existing is against their laws, their rules, their religions. I'm a sin in their culture for just being me, just being here. So do you want me to buy the jersey? (laughs) No. No, I'm not going to buy the jersey anymore. I wouldn't be able to. I I think that's the day. I don't think I've gone as far as you, Tony, where I'm saying I'm done with the premiership. I've only kind of recently rekindled my love of the premiership, and then all of this stuff started happening. Mm -hmm. But I am very much along the same point of view and i can see it's probably eventually like i won't be watching the world cup i think the world cup is an absolute disgrace it's an Mm. absolute disgrace and how a blind eye to everything like how many bodies is there in them stadiums holding them up half of the structures are made of people's bones are we gonna uh, oh just ignore all that can we for a game of football and a beer Mm. no i'll do without the game of football it's mm-hmm. like people's lives there's people have been basically slavery in those building those stadiums and it's not conspiracy it's it's fact mm. but absolutely the only uncertain bit is how many that's the only uncertain bit how many people mm-hmm. so how are we okay with this like I, I put it to yourself, Tony. How much are your morals? And it's it's basically come down to that. You name the price for your morals, and I'll pay it because money is no ob- object. It's mm. happening in mm. golf now too.
0: Yeah, exactly. And, and we've we've said, and uh, I don't, Rich is, is wanting to get on our point as well at this point. Like we've said. Um, the, I think it was the last episode actually, or the episode before possibly. We we uh we said, All right, Wales have qualified, so well done for Wales for getting the World Cup. And I said, and well done for Scotland for morally uh, abstaining from the World Cup. That's how I see it, like by not qualifying, <laughs> morally abstaining, That's which I is. think is which I think is so much better than going, like you know, just yeah. going, like, like Scotland didn't lose. Did right? like we, did. we didn't Ireland did that as a well. Good yeah. good bunch of people, the Irish, you know, they're <laughs> sitting there going, We're not going to that World Cup oh, not, right? nonsense over there. No, mm. no, 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 no. Other people look at that going, you got knocked out, didn't you? no, no, we're morally superior that's what it is mm. <laughs>
1: Sorry, Rich, Rich, you, you wanted to come in no no you, you you're completely right it's uh it it's it, it for me it's the mental gymnastics that people are willing to go through to yeah. justify something because yeah. i think i think for for a lot of people if you have any kind of you know moral compass you you, you know that things like the world cup you are i just i just horrific like and yeah. there's there's no justifying it i I, I love an international tournament. Don't get me wrong. I, I love an international tournament. I think they're great. I think that the stories, the narrative, that the, the players you get to learn about that you may not have known about before, mm. I think generally speaking, international football, in, international tournaments, are, I, I like them. I enjoy them. But there's no amount of enjoyment that I would get from a World Cup that would make me look at what's the World Cup in Qatar and go oh but but it to be fair it's it's a world cup it is it come on boys it's coming home come on no, no there's there's, exactly absolutely, there's absolutely nothing nothing you. You, you, it's, the, it's the same with takeovers at clubs like newcastle yeah. like you know you've been bought out by a country who you are now owned by the government of a country that yeah, has lovely. one of the most abhorrent human rights records in history Have you actually actually not setting human rights record of saudi arabia it's it's atrocious. Oh, it's absolutely God. atrocious. Oh but you could like it, the, people sit there and go, Yeah, but we have been linked with a Brazilian left winger Yeah, is and that's okay then. And so, you know, like uh, on the one hand, on the one hand, horrific human rights record. On the other hand, we might sign Diego yeah. Carlos. I don't like you, you that and that's that's the that's the thought process. And I to me I can't get I, I can't make that jump. No one. I, I can't bypass the horrible to get to yeah. any semblance of good from it.
2: See, I put it down to, again, society and people where they are in their own lives. And like, if we go back to like, if you want to hear the story of when I transitioned, then I grew up in inner city Dublin. And it was very much a case of like, to give an example of what you were talking about, I try to give people the benefit of the doubt all the time, even if I think they're a total transphobe. Like, growing up in inner city Dublin, in the late 80s, early 90s, is when I was a kid. Mm. Everyone was racist. Everyone was homophobic. You were the odd one out if you weren't a racist. And that's might shock people it's 20 years ago, 30 years ago. But, like racism was a daily thing homophobic jokes were a a daily thing you know it was the norm i blame society and culture for a lot i don't actually believe a lot of people that spout out transphobic abuse are transphobic i don't think they even understand what they do and it would be the same maybe to a lesser extent with racism a lot of people that spout out racism, they're not racist. I think they're doing it because they know it's going to go right to the core. And that's it. They're, they're using that. And they don't see it as a big deal. Like, if I go back to, say, my grandparents, would it, they'd be gone 10 years or so now. They never knew I was trans. I didn't tell them. When I realised I was trans, and when I'd found out who I was and discovered myself, my grandfather was 80-odd. My grandmother was lying in a bed half-paralyzed from a stroke she was in her 80s. I wasn't going to start trying to tell them what transgender was. They wouldn't have accepted it. I tell you now, they would have laughed and said, well, sort yourself out, will you? But that's all they knew. Now I wouldn't look at them and say they were bad people. I look at them and say, that's all they know. You're not going to change them now. They're they're 80 years old. I, I would kind of say, I'm going to allow for that. I'm going to allow my own family and my grandfather to tell me that I'm crazy or there's something wrong because I'm looking at him going, he's an 80-year-old man and he doesn't know what he's saying. I'm not going to give him the LBT speech. I'm not going to start teaching him pronouns. No, you have to you have to take people for like I could even get myself in trouble with the trans community or the gay community saying this environment dictates an awful lot of this to me and education and stuff like that and if you've grown up in a society or an inner city Dublin family say in real in the heart of Dublin and the dad is a pure homophobic transphobic that's what the child's gonna do
0: it's the argument of the nature and nurture isn't it and if you're surrounded by something like you say like people aren't aren't inherently born racist or homophobic or transphobic yeah. there i mean you know again with like, myself and rich we've got very young kids like mm. we we look at them every day and we don't see that in their eyes that yeah that's their views like they, the views they they're completely open everything. open to everything because exactly. they don't know any different
2: like mm. it, it's, it's are different views are more cultured or whatever but like mm. i'll say it now and if i talk about my upbringing yous will probably look at me and go god she must hate her dad she must absolutely hate my, my dad. I love my dad. He's so important to me, he, especially now. But when I was growing up and I was growing up as a boy, a young boy, I went to a boys school, I went to an inner city boys school and people used to ask me why I would go on the mitch all the time. I never went. I, I couldn't face going into a classroom with 30 other boys and sitting in the middle. I thought they were animals. But, like, I didn't know what was going on around me. I didn't know I was transgender. I thought I was the odd one out. I felt like there was something wrong with me. So I just didn't go to school. And then I'd get caught, and I'd be brought up in the front of the principal or whatever and say, now, make sure this doesn't happen again. Then I just wouldn't go to school the next day. Because getting in trouble with my parents at a school was a lot easier than facing the full day in a classroom full of boys that I was completely on my depth and completely overwhelmed in. So, like, I didn't go. And no matter how much trouble I got in, wasn't going. (laughs) They nearly had to lock me in the classrooms because I would just leave because it was so overwhelming. You know, but nobody understood that. Nobody got it. I didn't get it. Nobody knew what transgender was when I was growing up. It wasn't heard of. I didn't know anyone transgender. I'd never met a transgender person. I I was growing up thinking, God, I've got some serious issues. That was genuinely my talk. And mm. oh God, I could never tell people what goes through in my head. And like I would have been caught by my dad, say, I had a sister, very similar age. She's a year and a half older than me. So I was taking her clothes and stuff like that. And I'd be dressing up. And my dad caught me a couple of times. And he beat the shit out of me. That's what happened. I love my dad. He loved me. But when he caught me doing these things, he I, I remember a couple of things like, Oh, you're not gonna be one of them weirdos and he'd be punching me but like you might look at that and sit and listen and go oh my god that's horrible that's absolutely horrible. that's the way it was Tony that's the way it was in the back in there like I said I no. there's no real feeling between me and my dad he's a very very important person in my life he knows what he done when I was young he knows he was wrong he knows that it wasn't very easy for me living with him and I basically grew up in fear of the man and like I didn't come out as trans until I was in my late 20s was long gone out of a family home and long gone out there was no way I would have come out as trans when I was growing up in Dublin for a long time I didn't understand what it was anyway I didn't know but like I said I, I played football in inner city Dublin for most of my life I played for some of the what would be classed as the rougher areas of dublin because that's where i was from i was from the sea if i had to try to tell any of the lads <laughs> that i played football with you know what i'm doing when i got home after this match <laughs> i'm going into my sister's room and she bought a lovely top yesterday and i've been dying to try it on they would have <laughs> been the shit out me and we we've seen we've seen online as well this week. Though you've got some skills as well, though. Mm. You must I'm have been really decent player. Listen. Yeah. And there's a there's a story to football. I was no. never someone that was massively into football. I liked it. I thought it was okay. But it turned out when I played as a kid, I wasn't bad, and I was such a different kid. I was that kid that you all see on telly now when they're going home from school they'd have to go around the long way two miles out of the way because they were avoiding the other boys because mm-hmm. they used to beat me up and take my lunch money and all. so I used to go miles out of my way to go home most of the time I'd be kicking a football along the way just entertaining myself but I ended up building like I said I was in my late 20s when I came out as a trans person not because I didn't know before that or whatever there was there was no way I could come out I just I just couldn't do it. I, like My biggest fear and my biggest obstacle was myself. And that was thinking about what other people will say, what everyone else will think. Do you know who had... The, the person that held me back the most and had the biggest problem with coming out turned out to be me. Because after I came out, I'm lucky in a sense. I got a lot of support. My family didn't turn on me. Nobody abandoned me. I was very, very lucky and I still have a support system around me. So I'm very lucky in that sense. So the person that made the biggest deal about me coming out as trans and by God, I made a big deal about it was me. It was me. I couldn't do it. And when I did do it eventually and there wasn't a big reaction, it was a bit like that was very underwhelming
1: anyway <laughs> can we can we nobody. can we do this again please yeah can we, can we, yeah. Can we, can we start again i, I, want, I wanted crazy. gasps <laughs> nobody was
2: generally that surprised a lot of people i think i got reactions like oh we thought you were gay i'm, like, I'm a bit disappointed with this to be honest it happens i was like
0: my my uh my cousin as well she had a sort of similar situation she was with uh, with my grandparents and sort of like so i'm i'm, I'm lesbian and my my grand just went only until you get married, though,
2: aren't you? And I was like, <laughs> no, it's not how it works, Grant. <laughs> but that's what I'm saying about the older generation. That's the mentality, Tony. There's no yeah, exactly. point to go down that road. Exactly. But but again,
0: like she was like, oh, yeah, like she had, she had her coming out. And we just went, yeah, cool. like This is awesome. And she's like, you all knew. Like,
2: yeah, yeah. And it's mint. It's Afro. so cool. Like, it's like, we were delighted. I've been beating myself that. up for years about this. Like, but like, going back to the football team, it was a bit different when you were like, in an all boys school when you're 10 years old or whatever what I basically did was I was obsessed with football and when I say obsessed I slept with a football I went to bed with a football and I got up in the morning and I'd solo that football the little skills that you're seeing like that like I could do all of those tricks I can catch the ball in the back of my head I can roll it on my nose I can do everything because I was attached to a football for a long time And the reason I was is because I built a persona. I built what I would, I called it my shield. I was very, very good at football. And it turned out that I could beat nearly everyone else at football. So I latched onto that. And I was like, this is my, this is my route. This is my salvation. I'm not going to be the bullied kid anymore. I'm going to beat them all at sport. And I became the captain of the school football teams. I became the best footballer in the school. I had trials to be professional. I was obsessed with football, and I was very, very good at it because I dedicated my life to it because I used it to protect me and to get me through a lot of my younger years. Nobody in the later years, say, when I went up into, say, secondary school, I was the captain of all the football teams. And they were inner-city Dublin football teams. Nobody bullied me anymore. Mm. They all knew me. They all knew that's the captain of East Waller. That's the captain of Saint Joseph's. There. That's the football captain. There. You know the one that has all the trials and all. That's that person, and I got through a lot of hard times and a lot of years using that. That was my shield, and Man United was my shield, and I became obsessed with football. Mm. And, well, it worked. Like I, I would have been bullied a lot more than. I was only for football. It was a case of just won a game of World Cup. Just ever play in World Cup. Oh, yeah. Oh, not playing against you though. <laughs> but I always won and I'd be playing the kids in the classes above me and I would beat them and I would win. And I'd be the last person standing in World Cup. And I would have been playing kids that were in two years above me and two years below me, and the whole school would play. So it was a real case of wow after killing everybody <laughs> People are two years older after killing them
1: so I didn't get bullied so in term in terms of like the kind of group dynamic that you would have had with other like younger lads like you're playing football with especially like being captain of like school teams I'm yeah. guessing it was probably got a lot of kind of similar faces kind of going up through the years would would you say the dynamic like kind of the the dynamic that you had with that group of lads I'm how Different was that. Manhattan.
2: Yeah.
1: Was how, how different was that to, for example, like, I know You talked earlier about kind of that that fear of just you know being in a room with thirty lads in a classroom. Yeah. Terrifying yeah. young lads. Horrible, horrible yeah. people. Like, would how different was that dynamic? Did you find it a lot easier to cope? No, with I didn't. they had of the, the same kind of problems. Same kind of problems,
2: Rich. It was it was always the same. If I was with a group of lads, it was worse playing football because you had to go into dressing rooms and you had to mm. my football career, as good as I was at football, it was done when I was 15. 15, 16, mm. I was done. Started hitting puberty, starting going into dressing rooms. I was having anxiety attacks. I was freezing up. I didn't I still at that point didn't know what was wrong. I was the captain of these teams and I was running to the dressing room. I would go right down to the far corner of the room. I'd get my coat. I'd put it on the bench beside me. I'd put my football bag. I'd get the kit bag. i basically build a fort. <laughs> I was building a fort in the corner of the dressing room, and then all the other lads would stroll in, and they'd be looking at me building a wall <laughs> out of the gear bags. And they are like, what the fuck is going on? I, I was basically making myself a locker because I didn't want to be looking around and oh my god it was just like I I can't handle this anymore and like that's when I stopped playing football it just bang stopped I was supposed to be going I was supposed to go to Crew Alexander <laughs> wow didn't go stopped now it wouldn't have worked out anyway it's not as if I was going to go down the road of being it would have come out and I would have had issues or whatever but it was just like right this can't go any further this is getting too serious now and we're getting to adults and there's puberty and there's football trials and there's talking to going to england and it was just like yep, be all in. i just quit i just stopped playing well
0: wow. so with that though with that and again we spoke about it briefly off camera we we're all very much of the agreement that there is clearly homosexual footballers <laughs>
2: and <trans> footballers <laughs> waiting to come out like it's impossible my parents is going it's out enough. now to the gay or bisexual lad sitting in Newcastle dressing room going what Yeah, what the fuck mm. am I going to do like, that's what the am thing I'm like
0: because like, because I mean like it is improving obviously you know it is yeah. it is improving slowly but surely again like you know when as as a former Aston Villa fan you know Thomas Hitzelsberger came out oh Elf, the hammer yeah, the hammer, mm-hmm. Amazing the hammer and, just, and just the best human being <laughs> as well. Like, and and like he, and that was like great because that was a really, really big message. And and obviously, uh, there's there's uh, there's the lad over in in Australia, and um, there's like cautious and stuff. And right now, so sort I of tweeting about going, "Oh, we're doing this," and and it's like that's brilliant. But you're right, statistically, it's not.
2: Yeah, it's, it's like, not. I know, I,
0: you must I'm know how these, how these people are feeling at this point, going like. You how do i do it how do i say this is who i am and because most of the time most of the time 99% of the time when people do say this is who i am most of the educated
2: population go fucking brilliant yeah yeah. yeah exactly and that's what i was alluding to with me it was the same with me when i came out as trans jesus it was so mm-hmm. underwhelming <laughs> nothing <laughs> happens nothing happens so I can only imagine, like we were saying it before we started, um, how many footballers is there in the Premier League? What's the number? Like mm. there's definitely a couple of gay lads in there or a couple of boy lads or whatever, and they're sitting there probably terrified of what if this comes out? My career could be ruined. That's so wrong. Or if there like chances are there is probably a gay or a boy person playing for Newcastle. The chances are there is. Mm. It's so common these days. Mm. Sexuality and you know, you know it's, it's nothing it's absolutely nothing but someone now sitting and buying, being employed by the Saudi Arabian government it's just I don't know how that's supposed to work it can't work so I'm totally against it I think it's uh, it's I actually didn't think it was going to happen. When all the LLAs were coming and all, I was like, oh, don't tell me the Premier League are actually going to make a stance on this and this isn't going to happen now. And they're going to do the right thing and then it happens. And I was like, oh, okay. but I'm not surprised. Money always wins in the end. That's what it's about. So...
1: I think you know, I think it's incredibly naive for just like a, a... Even as a casual fan of football to just sit there and go, I'm all, I'm all for equality in sport, but there's 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 definitely no gay or bi players oh, Matthew, in, Matthew in, Matthew in no definitely definitely not definitely not no because that because they're footballers and f- footballers aren't like that it's like of course there are going to be like <laughs> even 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 if it's not first team look you've got clubs they've got they've got you know extensive youth setups there's going to be players Football coming all right like that like that's
2: it's no, just it's the stereotype it's the preconceived idea exactly it's like, it's look at me. i'm just sitting there telling us that i was supposed to go pro i was supposed to mm. go away and be a professional footballer before i came out with trans it was lined up for me to go to crew. Hmm. I don't look like the type of person crew were going to sign. To, I was a left fool as well. I remember Brian Kerr coming to my matches when we were um, young, say under 14s, 15s. Brian Kerr would have been at my. You know who Brian Kerr is, don't you? Hmm. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Richard, are you pretending or do you know? <laughs>
1: <I'm not>. <laughs> <laughs> how dare you? How dare you? How dare you? You know what? You've not come for my job yet, but still, how dare you? <laughs> Sometimes you don't need to come. Sometimes it's just there. It's <laughs> what, there. Is this, it's it's t- there, is this taken? It. No, clearly Seriously, it's not. Seriously, i you getting back I, to things like that though. And <laughs> I've said it before. before if you guys record 13 or 14 more times, I'm leaving. I'm done. <laughs> I'm done.
2: I'm done. <laughs> oh, I'll step in.
1: So let's go. Oh, there you go. Watch there it go. already. <laughs> <laughs> but um.
2: Yeah, well, Brian Kerr used to go to a lot of the matches that we played in quite regularly. He was involved with, I think it was a club called Cherry Orchard at the time, and they would have played against us. and Brian Kerr would have come over to me multiple times during matches and said, you're Ireland's next left full. You're Ireland's next left full. You're going to be Ireland's next left full. And in my head after that, I was really don't want to be Ireland's next TV stunts, and to be honest, I'd rather be Ireland's next top model or something like that. I, I really don't want to go down that road. <laughs>
0: <laughs> I mean, to be fair, Ireland's next left fullback is a TV show I'd probably watch. <laughs> yeah.
1: Oh, absolutely. I'd be so.
0: Just, <laughs> just lighting up going Oh, he's, he's got Shades of Dennis Irwin about him. I, Irwin
2: about me, was there? I was like, oh, God, I don't know how to take that at all. Yeah.
0: But, oh no 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 these are a bit too curtis fleming no <laughs> he's not irish
2: yeah <laughs> but, but like that's why football was so important to me football played a massive role in my life for a lot of reasons that wouldn't be the norm mm. but if i if i hadn't got my football and i hadn't focused so much on it like i said i slept with a football <laughs> i honestly think my life would have been even harder than it was you know because I had that out and then like as I got older and I stopped playing football shell of a person I wouldn't sit talking to yourself and Rich the way I am now 15 years ago I wouldn't have been able to do it I had nothing to say I was I went through life ticking the boxes I thought right this is what you need to do you need to Look like you're doing well in work, I had the best of jobs. I was super competitive and I, I needed to be the best at everything. And it was the same with football. I needed to be the best at it. And I was just putting it was all a big trade, it was all just a smoke screen. But whatever I did, I made sure I was the best at it so that I could always have something to say, basically. I was the best at this and I was the best at that. But I burned myself out. Like I, I lived a lie, and I would be telling the people from work that I'm out with my friends. And I'd be telling my friends I'm with the people from work. And what I was really doing was sitting in a house on my own with the front door locked, the blinds pulled, drinking bottles of wine. I was an alcoholic. I was a drug addict. I was suicidal. I hated me. I did not want to. Apart from work, I wouldn't leave the house. And i just lie about everything. And I'd done that for years. I was a functioning alcoholic. How I'd done it, I don't even know. But I'd done that for so, so long that it caught up with me of course did. is you're constantly lying you're constantly drinking i was walking around in a haze half the time and it just got to the point where i attempted suicide and then i attempted suicide again and then i was determined i was going to do it that the last attempt i made on my life i shouldn't be here i like i shouldn't be here and i'm very lucky that i was given another chance And it was then I was actually lying on a hospital bed after having my stomach pumped after an overdose when I decided I need to talk to somebody. I need to tell my family what's going on. I need to just be honest and say what is in my head. I think I'm a woman. I've always felt like I'm a woman. I've always been drawn to the same things, the stereotypical things, which is silly to say. But I've always done that. I played with the girls. I refused to sit down when I was a kid to go for a week. Or I refused to stand up. I had to sit down. I wasn't doing that. There was no way I was standing up doing a wee. To me, that was like, no. You know, and things like that. I wanted the pink bike with the basket on the front of it. I didn't want the boys' bike and all that. But yet, you know, it's it's things you, you don't even... I, I don't think people will ever fully get what trans is or they'll fully even accept trans until it happens someone in their family until it happens what we're saying about the likes of the Newcastle thing and the premiership thing and even the World Cup I won't be watching the World Cup but do I expect my next door neighbor not to watch the World Cup because I'm trans and I live next no no Would I have a problem at my next door neighbor watching the World Cup no they... my next door neighbor the only person in the world that they've ever met that's trans is me It's never been in their life. I don't know how many other trans people you've even spoke to. Probably none. Or not many. You know, so it doesn't affect them. So they're kind of like, I don't get the whole big deal about watching the World Cup. You know, it's just a game of football. And that's the way they see it. So I don't think you can really... Like, trans or whatever wouldn't have been on my family's radar until I came out. Like, my, my dad will 100% watch the World Cup. And if I say to him, you know, Saudi Arabia, he would be like, ah, oh, shut the f. Mm-hmm. You know, we're they're an old-school Dublin family. It's the way it was. We we ripped the piss out of each other about everything. You wouldn't want to be sensitive. You you have to be able to take a bit of stick in Ireland, in Dublin especially, and in their city Dublin, you're going to get it. If you do something wrong, my God, you're going to be reminded for the rest of your life, probably billboards and everything. That's the way it is in Dublin. They just, like, think, think Royal Family. That, that would be a stereotypical Dublin family. They'd sit there and they'd be horrible to each other. But they loved each other, really. Yeah. You know, it was just... Yeah different times, different ways of dealing with things. Like, I would have given my sister horrible abuse when she, she'd be giving out to me about taking our clothes. And I, like, oh, they were my jeans. You stretched my jeans or something she'd say to me. And I was like, me you stretching your jeans? It's like, me you putting your jeans on I was like, trying to wear a fucking hula hoop, you fat bitch? That's the way we talk to each other. And that would be very common. Yeah. So I was like, yeah. I didn't stretch them. So, you know, that's, we're like that.
0: So, um, yeah, I think I think the thing I think you, you you say there I think you're right that people and again we've we've seen this as well with with the conversations we've had getting to this point people see football as an escapism from the, yeah. everything else in the world and some people rightly or wrongly that's their view and they go look I understand that there's bad shit happening but for 90 minutes I can distract myself and that's yeah. that's that's their way of looking at it okay? yeah. so if we put. positive spin on it okay we say that football was your escapism you've now got this new escapism in this new community that you're very much a part of now the football manager community okay talk to us now about betty's town
2: ah betty's town what a save it must be the best save on twitch easily easily (laughs) easily do you know what like i went into football manager i like i would have been one of them people i wouldn't ever have considered myself a gamer but i always played games if that makes sense mm-hmm. like i would have had a couple Absolutely. of games when i was a kid i streamed a game called street fighter a fighting game mm-hmm. that's when I, that was the first game i streamed on twitch and i loved that game i played that game with my dad again when i was a kid and i bought it recently because i seen it on sale and it just brought back so many memories i was looking going, i remember. The good times with my dad, when we were having good times, we were sitting playing computer games and he was E Honda, and I was Ryu. I remember playing that game. So I bought it, played it on Twitch. Very competitive game, too fast. You take your eye off it, you're dead. So I was like, this is not a great game to stream. You're trying to talk to people and trying to, you know, get involved or whatever. So I was like, I, I need to see another game. And at that time, I'd been kind of seeing the YouTube videos that, dr benji and rdf and i love rdf by the way i think he's amazing Mm -hmm. and he would have been one of the main reasons i seen i seen football manager on youtube before i started playing or twitch because i've seen a couple of his videos and obviously zealand you can't avoid zealand he's all over the place when it comes to football manager but um i really got into the likes of rdf and then i seen that he streamed and i started watching his stream as well I was like, this guy is incredible, you know, and he's brilliant and he really genuinely knows football as well. You can tell. So I, I kind of was looking at it going, I reckon I could do that. I might give that a bash. Maybe I'll have a football manager. And I had played before and it came back to years and years ago with my dad. He had football manager. It wasn't my game. I played, the only football manager I played was either 20 or 21 and I think I'd done a season and that was basically it. That was my experience at it but he had 20 years ago or whatever he had that game and i remember playing it with him and one of his friends where he was man united obviously he got to pick them and i had to pick believe it or not <laughs> back in newcastle i was <laughs> newcastle and so I was starting this day where he's Man United and I am Newcastle. And then I had another friend that was Liverpool. So there was three of us playing. And it was back years ago, I think there was players like, I remember I won the league with Newcastle and the Man United and Liverpool. I was like, losers. You know, I was after buying, um oh God, Emil Heskey and Igor Biscan in a straight swap for Alan Shearer. And I was yes. coming towards the end of his career and I traded him to the Liverpool guy and I took Heskey on this. Heskey was top scorer in the league and, and Igor Biscan was an absolute baller in the game. He was a legend. Mm. And I was like, wow, I won the league with Newcastle with Heskey and second Igor Biscan." So when I seen Football Manager, I got the same kind of nostalgia kick. Mm. I was like, I'm going to give that a bash as well. And I would be very much like you. I didn't really see the point in loading up Man United. I was like, that seems a bit boring. It really seems a bit boring. I know Manny Knight are crap and you could make the argument that you're taking them back to glory, or whatever, but it just seems a bit boring. I need something else. So I had this brainwave of going down to the lower leagues and starting an Irish club in England with zero players. Mm-hmm. And I was like, brilliant idea. And we get Roy Keane in as my assistant and we get Shea Given, and we had Damien Duff. They were the coaches. It was basically all the Ireland gang. And we were like, we're going to do this. And I was loving it. Didn't realise that um, because we based a team in Dublin, but we were playing in England, meant that nobody wanted to sign for Betty's Town because we were part-time semi-professional. <laughs> <laughs> so I was like, oh, We're after I'm making a right mess of this, aren't we? With no reputation, you won't be able to pay the wages. I had the worst team. Betty's Town's team at the start in the Vanarama North were awful like the lowest attributes, the lowest ranked on everything in the fucking game, and we battled the way through. But it made it a story, and it made the kind of, like you say, kind of a bit of a narrative behind it. And it developed even more as I was playing, and people were getting coming in and asking me. Some people have come into the room and want to talk about trans issues, and I'd be like, right Keen is just at the walking out the door, and you want to talk about trans? <laughs> like, you just, right, you just it." So i have not the time for this. I really don't.
1: I've got come bigger problems it. today.
2: Yeah, like, like, let, let me get the club sorted out and come back in a few days and we'll have a chat. But it kind of developed into a story and then there was the players. Like You've probably seen me posting about Prendo. I go on about this guy mm. called Prendo mm. all the time because he was a Dublin school kid. And we got him to sign for Bettystown, Town. And he turned into an absolute beast in the game. Like, he was a centre midfielder that's only 20 years old with 200 appearances and over 100 goals and assists. So he's got, like, a goal. He's got a goal assist in every second game since he's 15 years old. And he's gone up the leagues. Mm-hmm. League, the North, the National League. And he's got better and better and better. He's up in the championship now and he's, he's continuing it on. I have him back on loan. I had to sell him. I had to sell him to yeah. Watford. Yeah. Because he wouldn't sign the new deal, wanted the bigger club. You know the way they go on a football, manager I think they're bigger than the club, whatever. But he did that. But I'm already looking at the narrative of it. I snuck in a buyback clause. So I'm looking at the narrative of, mm. Betty's Town, we get to the Premier League like we said we would. We get to the European Cup. We buy back Prendo. Prendo captains us to the European Cup. And Keno. you're coming back in here you're coming back in here so that's my plan I'm planning hmm. on buying that player back
0: when I get to the league. that's perfect we did something similar with um with Ricky Jade Jones at Peterborough last year so so we ended up so obviously there's the Peterborough shirt behind me right we ended up at Peterborough and we had Ricky Jade for like two seasons but then he then West Ham bought him for seven yeah. million quid and we oh. and we couldn't stop him at the ball but like mm. he's going us a little rice like 10 million with with some appearances and stuff <laughs> He got sent out on loan to a Dutch club. He made seven appearances. That was it. The following season, I was like, "We need a striker. Do you reckon we can we get Ricky Jade back on loan?" Get him back. So we got him back on loan for three seasons running. He then his contract expired at West Ham, and we got him back on a free.
2: Yeah.
0: <laughs> <laughs> so we essentially got seven million quid for for Ricky Jade, and we got back. really
2: lost him. Yet. Yeah, got him back then. So, yeah, it's brilliant. Well, that's the plan with Prendo as well. Like, I'm determined now that Bettys Town can win a European Cup with Prendo as the captain, even though he doesn't play for us anymore. Well, we have him on loan. I managed to sell him for our $3 He was in the last six months of his contract, to get him loaned back. So we're doing our first season in the championship, and we still have Prendo. Hopefully, he'll go to offer then. He'll probably do a year or two or whatever. If I can establish myself in the Premier League, it's going to be the first person I buy. It's going to be Prendo. <laughs> he's coming mm-hmm. back and the, the thing about what I love about the save is Prendo came from Banarama North he's going to be in the Premier League I've, I think I have at least two other players still in the Bettystown squad that play that came from the Banarama North and they're going straight to the they're going to go to the Premier League and play and I'm like that's pretty good I think I've accomplished something there we took these mm-hmm. and we put them through our academy and we made them players and now they're Premier League players well not yet but they will be when we get there (laughs) (laughs) but that's the narrative that's the story and i think it just makes it more interesting it makes it more interesting and then i think when you're doing it on stream and you've got people coming in that are genuinely saying oh, wow, the last time I was in your stream, you were in League Two. You're in the Championship. That actually makes feel good. Like, yeah, we've gone up. We've gone up. Lee. It's like it's a real promotion you're talking about. I've never heard people say that about
0: my stream. They, they go, are you still in League Two? Like, it's been six no, months. What well, well, yeah, i yeah, going yeah, say yeah, to say to myself see, when see, I go see, into
2: see. <laughs> I, go, I go into your stream, Tony, and go, another different club? <laughs> 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 been watching yesterday and he was in Brazil somewhere what's in Japan mm-hmm. like, yeah. Well, d- yeah I don't know your saves where you go around I think you're looking for gigs in other parts of the world yeah you you're looking for a gig a, li- a little bit like that yeah, yeah a little bit out looking for podcast hosts, to be honest.
0: <laughs> <laughs> the Indonesian scene was a bit sparse. So
2: yes. But like every Holy time we your stream, streamer in another part of the fucking world, somewhere, it's like, what's he doing?
0: Uh, we're we we're, we're, we're back in Vanarama North now. We're all right. oh. we're all right at Brackley, I think. You know, Rich is Rich, Rich is sold. Rich is a bit of a, a safe hopper, but I think he's settled now. So yeah, it's, um, yeah, Nar- like... narrative wins in the end.
1: Exactly. Exactly. I, th- I think my, one of my favourite ever Twitch moments, just just not even in the concept of Football Manager, is being in Tony's stream and watching people coming back in and saying, "I'm sure last time I was here, you were managing Sunderland. Is, is this Azerbaijan?" <laughs> what's,
0: what's going on here? It's also as well that that that. Uh, oh, that yeah. That three, that three streams where people going, why are you managing in Italy about I killed a wasp? Like, that was it.
2: That was the, oh, right, I, I remember the wasp
0: talk. All right, like, what?
2: Yeah, what I, yeah I, had, I had to, I had to say sorry to the wasp community, <laughs> and then. But like uh, I exactly the, that, um, I like saves like that, and I like the bit of the story, and I like stuff like the Prendo. T- I think it adds to it, and I think it makes it more. And like, if I managed to get him back and got him to win stuff with Betty's Town I'd say that's a brilliant save that save had so much stuff going on and so many different narratives and whatever That that I'm looking at what do I do after Betty's (laughs) Town or what do I do if I don't get them there and I get sacked because if I get sacked that'll be it I'll end it I'll do it real if I get sacked I'm sacked and it's happens it's nearly happened so many times on the stream that I'm like shit this is over today what the fuck am I going to do? If we get sacked here, I mean, I think when we done the first season, I survived on the last day by one point. Mm-hmm. One point. And it was, you were sacked. It was the man around the north. The save was over in the first season. And I was like, I'm not doing a Man United save. It wouldn't appeal to me. I'll get bored. What will I do? So I, I'm at that stage now where if I get fired with base sound I have a lot of thinking to do. Because I want something with a bit of substance. I want something with a bit of, you know, different or whatever but I won't be going to Azerbaijan or you know
0: <laughs> no I think, I think we'll, have, we'll have to get we'll have to get you an alternate betty's town say but I, I was I was in that stream that, that that first ever season when you were uh yeah. you survived on the last day of the season I was just like that that's my kind of content oh my story. kind of content of and surviving on the last
2: day I think we're in for that in the championship maybe because we didn't really improve there's no fucking money Coming up the league, you have no money. And I know everyone says loans. I, again, wanted to do it my way. I've had Prendo is my second loan in the whole save. I didn't do loans. I was like, no, I'm not going to loan my way up this. We're going to do this. We're going to bring players from Dublin, from the streets of Dublin, into our academy, and we're going to develop them. And they're going to bring us up the league. Thinking, what a brilliant idea and what a super coach I am. And then going, this is fucking tough. This is a lot harder than I thought it was going to (laughs) be. To be honest, at
0: least you sound like you've got a slightly better deal. Someone else was in our was in one of our streams a while back, and he was he created a team from about where Rich is from, sort of in the Midlands. Right. And he created a new team, and he wanted to put them in in the conference. But he said like York had a big stadium, he says, oh, I'll, I'll use York as my home ground. Kept the club in the Midlands, and they bankrupted themselves because of the travel costs, getting <laughs> back up and forward every single week.
2: <laughs> really. Oh, do you know what? I mean, that could have happened to Betty's Town only. We ended up with, um, I think we gave ourselves like a, a 10,000-seater stadium in the Vanarama North, and we were like the only Irish club. So the stadium in the Vanarama North was getting like five and 6,000 people at the games. So we were, you know, that was massive for the Vanarama. Everyone else was bringing a couple of hundred. So I had that advantage. Financially, the money was okay. There wasn't enough money to go and buy players with, but the club was never say you're going bankrupt or you're going it was always just kind of ticking over. The problem I had was people wouldn't emigrate, <laughs> basically. <laughs>
0: it's <laughs>
2: very rare you have to suggest that a, yeah, the players won't emigrate. <laughs> yeah. And I never <laughs> thought of that. You think what? about it, it's part time, you're paying them two hundred pounds a week and asking them to leave the country. I was like, mm. no, they're not I'm not gonna do that.
0: I would but I've got but I've got a couple of shifts at the ASDA, so I, can't, I can't. If you can get me if you can get me one in Dublin, get me a transfer. I'm, I'm
1: there, but
2: it's like oh
1: that was a slight oversight. Yeah, so that's kind of funny. Oh, mm. well, you were lucky to. I mean, imagine having had have that conversation with your board is like we're really sorry. The club, the club's bankrupt. It's like, what is it? Is it poor investments in the transfer market? What's what's gone on? How have we lost this? Nice, no, just, just bus fare. We can't. <laughs> sorry, we're just yeah easy. Got right right sorry yeah you yeah, got a leap
2: card or something <laughs> but again like even with betty's town and being part of the community has it's been brilliant and i'm not just saying that sitting chatting to yourselves it's easy for me to say that but say even discord i'd never heard of discord i would never used discord i wouldn't be it i wasn't like i said i was someone that always had a computer game like i would have had grand theft auto and played it for a couple of hours and then never played it again i was that type of computer game player mm. so discord and that wouldn't have been on my radar so going into and this is one of the things that i think i've loved the most about the community is you go into a draft tournament and you're thrown into a room and you have the crack and you have the banter and you have the chats. And then you're coming out of that room after playing someone and you go into a lobby that has everyone in the tournament in it. I'm in my element in that. I, I, I love that. There's, there's a full crack. And I was shocked at that. I didn't think that was a thing. I didn't think I'd end up sitting talking to people. I didn't think that that was going to be like an actual conversation. I was like, this online thing, they're probably, Jesus, they probably don't talk to you. You know, they're probably the type of people that put their head down and walk by you, you know, that type. I wasn't expecting that. And some of the people that I've chatted to, and I've been really taken aback. Like, people like Limo, for example. I've seen Limo on Twitch, and I immediately, oh, God, you probably listen to this now, because I've never, I've had a couple of conversations with the guy, that's it. But that would be a guy that sort of stood, you know, when you meet someone and you kind of leave an impression. Mm. Do you ever get that with someone? Mm. Limo left yeah, that- me. Yeah, limo
0: limo's great like obviously we, we've had him on the podcast before obviously with uh regards to evolving mindset and, and yeah. obviously where you mentioned discord like we openly say of course our Discord's there's a wonderful addition to our community particularly with uh, areas with regards to mental health and that's yeah. amazing for us like it's yeah. great for people who 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 are struggling a little bit and need a bit of help and we're so proud that people who don't know anybody yeah just pop straight and go yeah that sounds a bit shit. like if you need to talk about it come and talk and it's like that's just
2: incredible like but I think it's when, it's, I a, when it's a guy like limo though it's even more because I've seen limo before I knew about the evolving the mind team and I seen a lad a scouse or a lad his accent sitting on the stream having a beer probably throwing an LF bomb out every now and again and I didn't know he was involved in that and I was looking at him oh, look at this chap he's mad he's mad and then there's, um. His music come on for was it a follower or a raid can i want to be a hippie and i was like this guy yeah ted he's mad mad as a brush this fella got chatting to him and i loved him straight away and then i found out about what he does and when i found out afterwards i was a bit like wow wow i was actually wowed <laughs> by it going he's such a regular guy he's an every guy everyday guy in the discord having the crack drinking beers with the lads and that's what he does And I was, and the fact that he does it on Twitch as well, which is coming back to what we were talking about earlier on. Twitch needs people like Limo. I honestly think Twitch needs people like Limo. And for him to be such a normal guy and whatever, that would make people in the community that I've spoke to that are just normal. I'm sure a lot of them would find it easier to go and have a chat with a guy like Limo. I would. No, I thought i him chatting to Limo because he's so approachable and he's so normal and down to earth. And like I said, you'd see him having the crack. So I had so much respect for him then when I seen what he actually did as well. And it was like, Twitch needs more Limos. Twitch needs more Limos because if Twitch aren't going to stand up, there's people like him there that are doing it for them. You know, so 100% what, what a guy. Meeting him, meeting people like him and other people that I've mentioned... And talking to people has something that I wasn't expecting, something that I didn't think the community was about. I didn't really know there was a football manager community, to be honest. And then I came into it at a stage, I think, where I seen, I think the first showdown I ever watched was Holly Plays. Mm-hmm. So she went on and won it. And then I was listening to her and going, she was the first ever female contestant. And I was like, wow, it's 2022, lads. What? What? The fact that you been doing, it. and then I was like, maybe there's not a lot of women playing football manager. It is a bit of it. How would you describe it? It's a load of spreadsheets. It's mm-hmm. like, yeah, it's
0: mm-hmm. admin, it's an admin yeah. task, really. <laughs> no,
2: actually, you know what? That reminds me of something. I remember I, I was aware of yourself, Tony, before I was on Twitch. I'd heard of Tony James, and don't let your head get big, idiot, bigger than it is. No, can't. <laughs> <laughs> It's an yes, amazingly
0: large head, anyway. To be honest, <laughs> <laughs> I, I do have a
2: larger head, but I was aware of you, and I'd um, I'd seen your football manager sketch. I'd, I'd seen a football manager in my life, and I remember there was bit, as far. Correct me if I'm wrong here. There, I think there is a bit in that where you go on about football manager being an admin game, and it's like you say something about it would be like me buying a computer game now to do office work or to mm-hmm. do all of that. Imagine yeah. people do that now, Tony. Oh, how times change. You have to be aware of what you're talking about. People people watch us do that now. How weird is that, right? There's actually a game on the PlayStation called Office Simulator where you go into VR and you spend your day sitting in an office and you do office where's, work. Where's my royalties? Ten I'm sucking this shit off now. I'm going to go how and ago, <laughs> How long ago was that?
0: Uh well it's it's gonna be it's ten years next year so ahead of the
2: game by ten years Tony that PlayStation Five on the VR was one of the best selling games I think was Office Simulator where you do admin
0: I'm going to speak to some legal advisors right Mm -hmm. and I'm going to hunt down Office Manager and Mm -hmm. I'm going to create a new tour called Office Manager Ruin My Life. Mm and my new podcast which is coming out called office manager therapy very much looking forward to that it's brilliant
2: okay. though like i i remembered that yeah you should you should revisit it maybe it's time, mm-hmm. it's time. We will do. yeah
0: well, yeah, well we, we, we're talking about possibly revisiting the tour next year or, or the year after so um but yeah, yeah we'll we look at that i mean i think you, you've you mentioned something and i think we'll sort of start to to wind it all down a wee bit now but you're saying there about going into the lobby and stuff and talking to Amazing. other members of the community and and i had a conversation over the weekend with uh with a couple of guys uh mozza uh in particular was part of the conversation and we were saying like that we don't feel as though there's a and, and like we're sort of in the in the, the mindset that right now the community feels in a really good place like we've had some ups and downs particularly during the pandemic the community sort of like has built some of the bigger guys i like think ben and, and has been saying as well so sort of, like you know that that now the community is becoming a thing, and we are talking to each other more. Like with yeah. things like the PvP tournaments. Prior to that, we were yeah. a bit, a bit, a bit insular, maybe. And these tournaments are now bring in more people together. And you are jumping in, like Rachel will be the same. Like you jump in a, in a tournament, and it's just like it's just a bit of crack, just like jumping there, and you're you're straight in, and and it makes the stream better because because the competitors know each other now, and you work on panels with people, and you get yeah. to know people, All and examples. and it's just everyone seems to have a much nicer time and i mean rich you've you've sort of come mm. into
1: it a bit more now and like it's, it's just just fun right oh, oh, it's, brilliant. Oh, it's brilliant it's, it's brilliant it's, it's such a great group such a great group and as i say yeah. it's the communication between people it's getting to know those people like there's you know just through the panel work that i've done for the playoffs um i've got to meet so many people who previously i would you know i would seen their content i've watched their streams but i hadn't had that much kind of face-to-face yeah. interaction with them you know taking yeah. part in in drafts like you know people like uh i think owen's a perfect example of that you know my first interactions mm-hmm. with owen were yeah. we we we've drafted in a tournament together um and since then you know we've become dimmy piatt fanboys and we have a lovely time when we do panel work together and it's just that's that just came from playing essentially spreadsheet simulator or in yeah. some cases hr, <laughs> yeah. HR yeah. depending on how angry players are hr simulator like that just <laughs> that just came from doing that online with somebody that i didn't know brilliant, now, isn't it? yeah it's, it's, it's such a wonderful thing like and um, that's
2: been the biggest thing for me i think like i said the stream in itself with i've loved the betty's town save and i'll have had fun with it but because of the early days and some of the abuse I've gotten, it has been tough. And like I was saying to, I've had a lot of moments where I'd be like, "Well, I just knock this on the head now. This is not worth it. I'm not getting. I can still play football manager." But then I was like, "That community though, as well. That bit of banter and that bit of crack and getting to know people. And I played. I think." My second draft that I played in, or third draft, was the scout house, Land, mm-hmm. and I was loving it. I was singing. I was like, woo we're going to Lima Land. We're loving this, and I had the best time. I even forgot I was playing the game. I just had the best time. Now, I'm a very, very competitive pay- person by nature, and it's probably a lot to do with my background, what I was saying about football. I purposely made myself better than everybody at football because I needed to do that. I've been like that with everything. I'm not as bad now because I don't need to be, but I still have that competitive side. I go into every one of them drafts and I'm like, I can win this. I'm going to win this. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not here to just make up the numbers. I'm going to have a lot of fun and I'll slag you and I'll help banter with you in Discord or whatever. But my God, I'm going to beat you. And I won't be happy if I don't. I, I want to win. And I I think... One of the reasons your Dr. Benji kind of um, podcast stuck out with me a lot is because he's so influential and behind the scenes and stuff like that. And I was kind of looking at all of going, they are a bunch of middle-aged 40-year-old men. They're probably not ready for somebody like me, to be honest. <laughs> but um, I was kind of worried that maybe I wouldn't be so accepted or maybe I wouldn't be so welcomed in. Not a bit of it. Not a bit of it. It's been the total opposite and I have absolutely loved it. And I'm so happy I got involved in it. And it was a lot because of COVID, maybe, and stuff. I started going down that road and looking at streaming or getting into gaming again or whatever. But I'm so happy I did. Because I I can see myself getting involved. I was going to say, when's the party, lads? When's the FM party?
0: We're booking it, we're booking it. There'll be a meetup at some point
2: and we'll get we'll get it there. If it's in the uk whatever i'm 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 all for it i'd love to meet so many people i've chatted with loved it absolutely loved it i'd love to go and have a few drinks or a night out or whatever. i think it would be amazing so i'd love it
0: <laughs> i think i think we get that book then yeah. that seems to be the uh be the plan going forward um but yeah you know what i think from from everyone that that's that's been in your company stacy and like and hopefully people who have been listening to the podcast like we we absolutely love the part of the community. Genuinely, like you oh, bring so much. something so fresh and fun and vibrant to the community that, that nobody else does. And let's like say I think we're all very very happy that everyone has has embraced you. And um, and really? obviously we, we need to we need to say thank you obviously for for coming on and absolutely, um, pleasure, lads.
2: Like I said from the start, delighted to be asked. Really delighted to be asked. And it's a pleasure. Well,
0: it won't be the last time. I think we'll uh, is is what we'll see. I think we'll definitely be be seeing uh, seeing you again. Um, if people want to find you via Twitter or Discord or streaming,
2: I'm really how really do they on. do that? on Twitch, it's really? What I am. I have my Twitch save. I don't even know what it is. What's my Twitch name?
0: <laughs> <laughs> Twitch Twitch.tv. TV forward slash Summer says. <laughs> Summer says, yeah. <laughs> I shall i promote it for you and then yeah, she'll rich, me
2: there.
0: Rich... <laughs> we'll we'll put the links in the description anyway so you don't have to remember that stuff it's it's, it's totally fine
2: it's not my strong point lads <laughs>
1: <laughs> uh, rich do you want to plug yourself as well um yeah as always you can find me twitch.tv forward slash rich owens fm um you can find me on twitter at rich owens fm um you know that there'll be mediocre retro database content also fingers crossed um it's been a very special week for me my computer works properly now for the first time in forever there we it's go. it's so that means i'm now confident enough to uh that there's going to be pvp content i'm coming i'm i'm i'm, I'm my hat is in the ring listen you pvp wow. community people really? i'm coming for you i'm, I'm, I'm caught call, i'm calling them out now look at me go i can't i can't I I'm, I'm on fire listen rdf sweet left foot ali mozza i'm coming for you and i'm gonna get beaten by you in tournaments but i'll be there i'll be taking part
0: there you go an exclusive oh. Rich's Rich's computer is gonna do an entire stream there it's you go gonna, <laughs> I, I,
1: last night last night i did three hours do you know how many times my stream crashed Tony? Totally? zero times Zero times, which is a new personal best for me. Like like a
0: professional. I know, look at me go. Every every day we get better. There you go. Um (laughs) (laughs) um, you can of course follow the podcast as well, which is at FMT Pod. Uh we're also on YouTube, of course, now as well, youtube.com forward slash football manager therapy. I'm over on Twitter at Tony Jameson and Twitch is Tony Jameson FM. And, of course, you can follow us on Patreon for the price of £1 a month. You get the weekly access early. You also get an extra bonus episode. And if you do some other tiers, then you get things like uh, d- uh, sort of Discord benefits and discounts and entered into uh, PvP tournaments, potentially with Rich, and um, access to our save files as well. But you know what? This has been, and I knew it would be, I knew it would be, this has been an amazing conversation. Genuinely, like, we've we've thoroughly enjoyed it.
2: Oh, cool. some, uh,
0: You will absolutely be invited back uh, again in the future. Hope everyone's enjoyed it. Do let us know if you have. Let us know in the comments below. And, of course, do uh, follow us over on Twitter and fire us some comments as well. I guess we should probably let you all go and get on the rest of the day now because it's been a long one, but we hope you enjoyed it. Take care of yourselves, stay safe, and we'll see you all very soon on another episode of Football Manager Therapy.